Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Awkward Black Nerd Podcast. It's me, Daisy Kane. Um, hopefully you guys are having a great day so far. Mine's been, eh, it hasn't been exciting and hasn't been horrible or anything. I was having some technical difficulties um, with, I was trying to set up the background, like a background, and I was actually going to videotape me doing my podcast today, but I was having issues with the background and... I might be having issues with my mic like um I bought a new mic recently and I did my last episode with it and I realized it picked up on a lot of noise so I try to see if I can fix like the sound a little bit hopefully it's not too echoey um and if it is I'm sorry in advance because um first two episodes I was using like a lapel mic which I didn't mind but I was trying to see if I could just like upgrade a little bit so I upgraded to a different mic I'm not sure if I like it yet though but we'll see um but um the good news is I am starting to get excited for fall, starting to finally feel like fall. And the cool thing about living in upstate New York is that, you know, you actually get like fall weather as opposed to me growing up down south where like I said before, you only get like two types of weather, which is hot as shit or cold as shit, and you usually get those on the same day. But past couple of days here in upstate New York, it's been pretty like it's been pretty decent. It's been warm, but it's actually been feeling like fall. Like today's kind of dreary a little bit, but I'm still excited for fall. It's one of my favorite holidays, actually. Like I'm, I begrudgingly will admit I'm what you call a basic bitch. Like I'm one of those girls that gets excited about like fall stuff and wearing flannel, and I'm not like. I try to be pumpkin spice everything, but my body, I think, is allergic to it because every time I have, like, a pumpkin spice latte, even when I don't put, like, regular milk in it, it's just my body is like, nope, and, yeah, bad reaction. So, I'm not pumpkin spice everything kind of, like, basic bitch, but, like, I do, like, pumpkins and, like, leaves and just everything else fall, minus, like, the bugs and spiders that try to come out, (laughs) but also, um... I'm excited for fall because Halloween is coming up and like I said before Halloween's one of my favorite holidays and with Halloween all the Halloween movies are coming out so usually around this time of year I watch you know things like Hocus Pocus and The Craft which to this day is still one of my like it's one of my top 10 favorite movies like growing up I related to The Craft a lot because it was like about a group of girls that were outcast and I remember always kind of not being like in a popular clique growing up but I wasn't necessarily like an outcast outcast but there was like a group of time where I was kind of like muddled like mushed in that group of being like the the awkward girl and in my case the awkward black girl you know hint awkward black nerd here so I related to that movie a lot especially like um Rochelle like Rachel True's character Rochelle because she was like the token black girl in her group too and she had issues with race growing up and stuff so like that's why like even to this day that movie still rings true to me and I'll still like it still holds up I feel like like I could still watch that like any day and still be highly entertained and um just recently there's like a I want to I don't want to call it a reboot but it seems like a sequel to like the craft called the craft legacy and I know they just recently released a trailer to it and At first, when I saw, like, the poster, people were posting it on social media. I was just, like, of course, natural reaction. Oh, God damn it. Why can't we just leave classics alone? But then once I saw the trailer, I was like, okay. Like, it kind of piqued my interest a little bit where when it does come out, I'll give it a fair chance because, I mean, 
the first movie wasn't like amazing great but you know it was a decent movie and like this movie coming out like the craft legacy is like by Bloomhouse and like the person that wrote it is a great writer and it looks like it's gonna be pretty decent so I'm not gonna lie I'm like I'm really excited about it I just hopefully they don't screw the pooch and just make it like really really stupid like hopefully they do it right and don't like f it up because like I said the craft is like it holds dear to my heart especially kind of now because I'm not fully admitting that I'm Wiccan but I have been studying it a little bit like at first I was doing it for research for like a book that I'm writing but now I kind of I'm not saying I'm a I practice Wicca necessarily but I do some of the practices where like I do candle work and I like do meditations and I'm I slightly study it so like I'm practicing but non-practicing like I'm I was born and raised back like Southern Baptist and technically I will still consider myself a Christian but I'm more spiritual than like full-blown like Christian and that's kind of why I like Wiccan and like other mystic things kind of like pique my interest a little bit because it's more of like um like more spiritual than actual like lumped into one particular like religion but let's get off of that but um that kind of but like I said I was talking about the craft before and that kind of and like how Rochelle like Rachel True's character was like the token black best friend in her um in her um group in that movie and it got me to thinking about like growing up like I was big into teen movies and teen comedies and things like that and looking back on it like there was always there was like a point in time where like even now there's like not a lot of teen movies that have like diversity I mean they're getting close like there's some movies out there where they're kind of got like a little more diverse cast but I remember growing up that like I I had a couple of girls that I looked up to, but it was like few and far between. And I guess like to go into today's episode, today's episode is I want to discuss um those like, I guess, childhood, like childhood idols, I guess, quote unquote, that I had like those like girls that I saw in like in movies that I looked up to because I feel like especially since I have a daughter on my own like representation like truly matters and like she has a couple of people that she looks up to but it's just I don't it's kind of I wonder if she'll ever like have like these kind of like when she becomes a teenager like will she have like like teen idols to look up to and so I guess in this episode, it's going to be entitled Representation Matters. And I'm going to be talking about, I hate using this word, but I'm going to be talking about the token black best friend that you kind of saw a lot in the, like those teen movies back in the day. And I just want to point out like a couple of those girls that I actually looked up to because, and even to this day, like they still kind of hold a special place in my heart. So I guess the name of this episode is going to be Black Girl Magic, <laughs> the black best friend troop. So let's get into it. Um, first and foremost, let's talk about Rachel True again um, from The Craft. Um, interesting enough, like she was in other movies that I liked as well, like Half-Baked. <laughs> she played Mary Jane and Half-Baked is still one of my favorite movies too. If you don't know this, like I have weird taste in movies, but I can quote Half-Baked ridiculously. <laughs> and um, plus she, because um, and 
she was also in that um tv show half and half like she played mona and i think she was nominated for her uh, um double uh naacp award for that i don't know if she won but she was nominated for that and she did that for four years and she's like a low-key like underrated actress like she's not like highly acclaimed but she does a like what i liked about her is that she never played like the stereotypical like overtly racist like stereotype of a black woman like she was always that earthy boho down to earth kind of person and i think that's because it kind of matches who she is as a person because in actuality she's like um she's a well-known like she's a lifelong occultist and before anybody like freaks out over that that doesn't mean she worships the devil like an occultist is actually a believer in like mystic mysticism and things like that and spirituality and magic i don't know if she's like like qualifies herself as wiccan but like the fact that she like what her beliefs kind of match who she played um in the craft i thought that was kind of neat and actually i heard that she was like skilled tarot card reader even before she got the role in the craft which is like I guess like a lot of people identify her as like that's her um well-known role like like I said Rochelle and interestingly enough I believe like in October like around the 13th she's actually releasing like her own guidebook and deck um deck box tarot card set um through her website and I know like it's on Amazon too because I actually like placed a pre-order for it Although I've never done, like, I have a set of tarot cards of my own, but I've never done them. And, like, I'm kind of, I'm kind of on the fence about them. Like, I'm always, like, I've always been interested in them because I remember my mom had a set. But it's, like, I've never done, like, a tarot card reading myself. But I thought this, like, set that she's releasing is actually pretty interesting because I saw pictures of, like, the designs. And, like, I think it's about 70 cards. And I love the fact, like, they're aesthetically they're like beautiful they're multicultural they're bright beautiful very diverse and I thought it was interesting that with the box set she's going to be sharing like personal stories from her time in the industry and the cool thing I like the summary about her I think this box set is that she says she's going with the um intuitive approach as opposed to predicting like your future I guess like what people usually go into with like tarot card readings and these cards will actually suggest more possible like possible uh, outcomes based on like the present readers like positive energy so I thought that was pretty interesting and like before anybody like turned their nose up to it like there's like this weird misconception that people think like tarot cards or tarot is like evil and it's really not I it's actually like people that are people that usually do it it's like they look into it as being like a helpful tool for like clearing just a path like if you have like if you're trying to make a decision about something or you just need clarity on something like people sometimes go to tarot card readings just to get like clarity on a situation so I thought that was interesting I think that's pretty cool that she's doing that and things like that I feel like I said I believe it comes out like October like October 13th of this year so if you guys are interested check that out and I know that she does like comic cons and she's very active on Twitter and you should look her up on Twitter and like to this day she's one of those women that I look up to because she she seems very down to earth and I feel like <laughs> this is kind of weird for me to say this I feel like we will be friends like in like inside my head I feel like if I knew her we would be like totally friends so um I guess Rochelle from the craft 
she's like up there with one of those women like one of those girls that i always like idolize and stuff so and i guess another girl that i um used to idolize this is gonna this is like embarrassing but i'll, I'll admit it i don't care um i used to <laughs> i know probably like a lot of people that listen to this used to watch the power rangers and i used to be obsessed with the power rangers like I still kind of like watch it periodically on Netflix with my daughter. Like she's slightly getting into it. Like we do Mighty Morphin and we do um, Power Ranger Zeo. And we start to do like Turbo. Like we stop when all the original Rangers like left. Because I mean, no, no offense. Like we could all say like Power Rangers was always like camping over the top. But I feel like as years progress, even now, I think it still comes on. And it's just like. Maybe it's because, like, I'm an adult now and I'm looking at it and I'm like, God damn, this is trash. But, like, back then, it seemed more entertaining as it does now. And, like, back then, like, I remember I was obsessed with the Yellow Ranger. Um, Like, I remember when that movie came out. Like, I think that's when they first introduced, like, the, like, it was right before, like, Trini, like like, the Asian girl left. Like, it was right after that when they introduced, like, um, they introduced, like, three new rangers because the original three rangers, like, the original black, yellow, um, yellow and red ranger left because of, like, pay issues and all that stuff. So they just try to, like, on the slide slip in, like, three other people. And I remember when they changed over to, like, the yellow ranger was now this black girl. And, like, I was in awe because, like, she seemed, like, sweet and down to earth and, like, she was athletic and like she can sing and she was witty and like I thought it was cool that like she knew karate like it was funny enough because I remember like my parents signed me up for karate like I remember taking like 10 classes for like this trial or whatever and I was like I'm gonna be like the yellow ranger and then come to find out I'm not athletic at all like I mean maybe I could fight but it's more like I can hit you hard, but don't ask me to do, like, a routine or, like, be disciplined because I'm not athletic at all. But that's, like, one of the cool things I liked is, like, I liked... And there was, like, another Yellow Ranger, I want to say. Her name was... Because the first Yellow Ranger was named Aisha. Like, the actress's name was Karen Ashley. And I think the other, like, Yellow Ranger, when they try to, like... Because I think she left for the same reason, like, pay and scheduling and stuff. They try to slip in, like, the other... um, Another black girl named Tanya and I think that actress's name was Nakia Burris or whatever but I just remember like even like I remember like even a couple of years ago like um I went to like this comic con in like Salt Lake City with my husband it was like my push gift <laughs> like we went to Salt Lake City like as a it was like our first time away from like our like we just had a baby and it was like our first like adult trip like away from the kid and stuff and I remember like two of the Power Rangers were there like for an appearance and I remember it was like the yellow ranger and I like lost my shit like I went on this rant about how I idolized her and like all these memories started flooding back because it was like for the first time like as a child that I saw a girl that kind of like represented me a little bit like she was in like she came from a decent family and like you know she was friendly and things like that and like I thought that was kind of cool that to see somebody that was similar to me because like I kind of like in school I didn't have peers like that so I felt like watching her on TV was kind of an escape if that makes kind of sense and I know like she does like podcasting as well now and I follow her on Twitter as well and like I think she's really funny and I think strangely enough like she's also like I feel like as an adult now like I know she's like 
she's got at least like a couple of years on me, but I feel like in my head, like we could totally be friends. <laughs> Sounds crazy, I know, but yeah. So that's like another person. And like, even now, like it's so cool when I watch Power Rangers with my daughter on Netflix, she goes, look, mommy, the yellow ranger. And it like warms my heart that she sees like, you know, a awesome black girl like kicking ass. So like that just kind of like, it just touches like a special place in my heart. But I think like the one black girl that a lot of girls my age like looked up to was of course, um, Dion from Clueless. Like Clueless just had its 25 year anniversary. Like it's, it's one of my top five favorite movies. Like I can quote Clueless up and down. It's still, like I said, it's still relevant to this day. And you know, every like I just know every black girl like in my in my age group looked up to Dion like Stacy Stacy Dash's character like I mean now it's kind of disheartening because of who Stacy Dash is as a person but like just let's not look at her as a person in real life let's look at her like Dion and she was like she was fucking awesome like she was an idol to so many girls not only was she stylish you know she wasn't a background player like in clueless like she was opinionated she wasn't afraid to like speak her mind especially when she was going through things with her boyfriend murray she wasn't afraid to put her best friend share in her place like they had a witty back and forth like i like the fact that like she was one of those girls that didn't just play like she didn't play like the typical token black girl that you usually see where like teen comedies especially have like this formula where they have they insert like minor like like people of color or like you know minorities around like a usually all white cast and it's usually to build like the white main character up or you know just like the white main character can play off of this person but it's just Dion was one of those first girls that you saw that actually had death and like even and I like the fact that it stayed true to that even when they tried to do like the Clueless spinoff and um like for the TV show I think it was like on it was on ABC or UPN or one of those channels and even though the TV show wasn't as good you could still tell that like, you still can't tell me to this day that Clueless and Dion is not a memorable character because she totally is so like Dion will always be one of my idols like even to this day like me and a couple of my friends still quote Clueless like it's ridiculous so she, she is not, I won't say she's the epitome of black girl magic, but when you think of black girl magic and you talk about like these, you know, talk about this kind of troop and like these movies, she's definitely on that list. So shout out to Dion from Clueless. And, but I think the number one person, like if I were to say like the epitome of black girl magic and like the, um, I guess the. I'm trying to think of a word I'm going to use. Like the prime example of like that one black girl that I always looked up to growing up was like, even now, like I still think like I still idolize her to this day because she's like an amazing woman is the actress Gabrielle Union. Um, now, some people may not agree with like, you know, some of the things she does like outside of the industry and, you know. Some may say that she has an attitude, but that's what I like about her. Like the cool thing I've always liked about Gabrielle Union is like whenever I see her on screen or whenever like 
you see her like in interviews and stuff is that she has this air about her where she doesn't put up with anybody's like shit and like she has this confidence that like when look growing up and like looking at her and at these teen and some of the teen movies she's done it's like you kind of look and say wow I wish I had that confidence and I think growing up I kind of like always thought that like especially like um I think I remember first seeing her and she's all that if anybody knows like what that movie is it had like Freddie French Jr. and he like made over like um Rachel Lee Cook's character like what was that spinoff like the spoof of it like um what's that one movie um not another teen movie spoofed it but like Gabrielle, Gabrielle Union was in that like you probably don't remember because she was like one of what three black people in that movie it was like her um and Lil Kim who I don't even think talked in that movie or she did she had like one or two lines but they because like maybe like people probably don't remember her in that because she played like a one-dimensional character where she was like one of the best friends of like the um the mean girl and I think when she did talk like she was just again adding on to like you know being part of the plot but she kind of like sank in the background because she was like a background player I think she was like kind of added in to break up the white monotony of the all-white cast sorry and um she kind of had a similar role in said Julia Stiles movie um 10 Things I Hate About You. I think her character's name was like Chastity. She played like um, Bianca's like best friend in that movie. But like, again, you probably don't remember that was Gabrielle Union because again, it was like a similar role to like She's All That where she played like the best friend to like, not necessarily the mean girl, but she was like a background character. And I just remember like, I feel like they just added her in again just to, you know, break up the, you know, just to add like a pop of color, quote unquote. But I think what, like, one of her first roles that really stood out to me that, like, was, like, the epitome of black girl magic, like, her and the other three girls that she, um, was with, um, that, what's that singing group, Black, I think they played the other cheerleaders on the opposing team in the movie Bring It On, like, I love Gabrielle Union's character in that movie, like, I think her name was Isis, and, like, I tripped out when, like, just a couple years ago, like, she put on the uniform for, like, her Instagram and stuff. And I was like, fuck yes. Because, like, even to, like, I love that character so much because, again, it was one of the few times where you see, like, a, like, a, a black girl in a teen comedy where she wasn't, like, overtly playing a racist stereotype and she wasn't being ratchet, even though, like, she came, like, that character came from, like, a, you know I guess a quote-unquote poor neighborhood and stuff but I like the fact that the black characters in that movie were written as like hard-working and witty and like my favorite line was when like the when Kristen Dunst's character was trying to give like the other cheerleading team like a check because they felt guilty and I like how Gabrielle Union basically put the other team in her place and it was like again black girl magic like exploded on the screen and stuff and like I think maybe like that's why I idolized that was probably one of the like first times I absolutely fell in love with Gabrielle Union's character because it's she I guess from that point on I always saw her playing roles of women who weren't afraid to speak their mind and they weren't afraid to like you know be opinionated and be aggressive and just stand their ground and stuff and 
even now, like, I still look up to her because, um, she, she's like, she's not afraid to show that she's flawed and she's not afraid to tell her story. Like, I just finished her autobiography, like, earlier in the year and it's like, it's just, it was so entertaining, especially like the first couple of chapters. It was nice to hear her story because her story was similar to mine, like going to school and being like the token black girl and like your peer group where like, you know, you didn't have, like you were just trying to fit in with other people. Like the way she was trying to fit in with her peer group, being the token black girl, like I could relate to a lot. And I just thought that was really interesting. And just like, I thought it was like an awesome story. And so if you guys ever have a chance to look up her autobiography, I suggest you do so as well. Um, but I guess like moving forward with the discussion, sadly enough, like I couldn't really think of any more like examples of girls that I really left up, looked up to because I mean, I mean, naturally I got older, but then like, if you kind of go forward, like over the years, there wasn't like a huge surge of like diversity and like teen comedies or teen movies like or movies like targeted towards teen audiences I mean sorry I had to clear my throat I mean for example like in the Hunger Games I mean there was like one or two black characters but it was like basically whitewashed on the Divergent series is another example um Fifty Shades don't get me started on Fifty Shades um Twilight's another one don't get me started on Twilight I have disdain for both of those series maybe I'll talk about it in a later episode um but I mean I'm not gonna knock Hollywood because I mean especially I guess in the past couple of years there there has been like a small like modest resurgence of like adding that like diversity to some like teen targeted movies like there was a there's a couple I could think of off the top of my head um like the hate give I know that was a recent movie and I, like even the issues in that kind of ring true. The book is amazing on that. Um, the Sun is also a star. That's another like modest movie that has like a female black lead. Um, everything is everything. Um, I think that's the same actress from the other movie I just named. But I read that book and it's like it has a black female lead as well. And then, um, I guess there's, like, other things, too. Like, I guess the Descendants off of, like, Disney. So, I will say, like, the industry is kind of, like, trying. But I feel like they could do a little bit better. Especially, maybe this is kind of an issue for me. Because, like I said before, I have a daughter myself. And, like, you know, it'd be nice for her to, like, have, like, something or someone that she could look up to as well. And, you know, I try to, like... I try to nudge her in the right direction. I mean, there's like little things that we can do, but you know, I feel like the industry can do slightly better, but who knows? Maybe, you know, the narrative will change one day. And on that note, I'm going to wrap this up. Um, You guys should let me know if you, if I missed anything, like if you have like some examples that you would like to add as well, or, you know, if you have your own opinion about it, I am open to comments. I do have a new email address. It is awkwardblurredpodcast at gmail.com. So that's awkward, B-L-E-R-D, 
podcast at gmail.com. You can feel free to shoot me an email and just, you know, leave your comments or if you have like any questions, um, just try to be polite and don't send me any spam. Don't be a dick about it. Um, you can also hit me up on Instagram as well. Awkward blurred girl. So that's B L E R D girl. Um, you can find me on Facebook, the awkward black nerd podcast. And also, um, I did upload episodes one, two, and three on YouTube. Um, it's just like, just audio, just another way for you to catch the episodes, just in case you don't want to, just in case you can't reach me on, like, on Anchor or Spotify and things like that. Um, I was going to try to, like, tape this podcast, but like I said, I was kind of having, like, an issue before, so I'm going to try to upload episode four or over the weekend. If not, I definitely should have it up, like, on the YouTube channel by Monday, but it's definitely, you know, you can listen to this episode now, like on Anchor or Spotify or Google Podcast. And um, on that note, hopefully you guys have a great weekend. Stay safe, make good choices, and just be kind to each other. Talk to you soon.